1960, ITV executive Sidney Newman asked Brian Clemens to rework the Ian Hendry suspense show Police Surgeon into something called The Avengers. The programme lasted almost the entire decade of the 1960s and became integral in shaping the mod scene in England. Some of its stars, Honor Blackman, Diana Rigg and Patrick McNee, became icons of the spy movie culture that ran rampant through the middle part of that decade. These Avengers don't wear tights, they don't wield magic hammers or fancy shields, but the women are stunningly beautiful and squeezed into tight leather cat suits, so there is that. Join Thomas DJ, top professional, and Scott McGregor, talented amateur, as they journey through an England that didn't exist, but maybe should have, with umbrella, charm, and bowler. You know, that other Avengers podcast. you guys thinking you looked at the the title of, of this month's episode of with umbrella charm and bowler but no michael j fox trini alvarez jeffrey combs none of them are anywhere in sight but it is but the frighteners yes it is the frighteners but what is in sight is for the first time we get to see patrick mcdee's john steed steed <laughs> we have steed so uh this is the last of the available and there's one other uh, first season episode that's available that that is exists, but it's not available commercially. Uh, if it ever does become, we'll we'll go back and we'll do it. But um, but yes. So uh, do you want to summarize the plot of the Frighteners episode fifteen? Well, my first impression from the first scene was uh, oh, nice rib cage you got there. Be a shame if someone took some brass knuckles to it. Um, so it's all about the extortion and, and shady grifters in this one, kids, and people getting uh, massaged for their troubles. Um, and by massage, we mean having the crap beat out of them, yeah. of course. <laughs> but, uh, to, yeah, to summarize, I guess, we, we meet some shady characters who are, are being deployed by a, a, a boss named Deacon to go give a patient a massage and you know not not the full happy ending massage where you don't wake up from it just just gotta mess you up a little bit um and 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 the minions choose their implements of destruction some brass knuckles and and a nice razor and uh and yeah uh hilarity ensues but we find out they're they're off to to rough up a guy who whose father doesn't want uh, him talking to his daughter anymore not sure why. It could just be like a uh, Montague Capulet thing. We don't know. And, and was I the only one who thought, even even though I, I will discuss who the, the real actor is, that he looked an awful lot like Bob Hoskins? Yeah, I can see Bob <laughs> Hoskins in there. I, I, I you know, I, I kind of kingpin Wilson Fisk came to my yeah. comic book laid in mind because big rotund guy who uh, obviously wields a lot of power in, in some underworld somewhere. So, uh, but he's basically, he's a working man, though. They're, these are blue-collar criminals. They're a contractor that hire out to, to these people, you know, to, to people that need right. other people massaged. <laughs> right. As is wont to happen in, in criminal underworld dealings, I guess. And just family dealings, because this one starts out, we think, um, someone's getting beat up just because daddy doesn't like him uh, wanting to marry his daughter. Um, but a little more complex than that. Yeah, th- there are some twists and turns along the way. Mm-hmm. What kind of strikes me, even though his clothing is not codified yet, Steed is there. 
Oh yeah, he's you know he is very much there. That 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 charm, that charm, that confidence, yo. the wit, just uh, yeah, yeah, getting people to to do his bidding without much effort whatsoever. It's awesome. By the way, I just discovered his full uh, the character's full name is John Wickham Gaston Beresford Steed. All right, well, I'm glad they they <laughs> don't put that whole one on the title card yeah. every episode. Yeah, <laughs> thank, thank goodness that would be be rather long he's just steed man he's just a monolithic testosterone filled you know steed um the other really notable name that uh that at least as far as the the available episodes makes its state makes its debut is that of robert forrest who designed the sets he designed that that ginchy shop slash you know, crime lair. Yeah, nice, nice secret door right from the get-go. West will go on to become a director of many episodes and then go on to become a fairly interesting director in the 70s, He's perhaps best known for the Dr. Fives films and uh, the, the notorious Devil's Reign. Ah yes, John Travolta's but I'm, first. <laughs> I'm a big fan of his. His his work is I think his work is really really good, and I think that his time on the Avengers really influenced how he approached his his later film work. Oh, I don't think we introduced ourselves uh, this time around. Oh, sir. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. This is take two, folks. Uh, we yeah. Little... Okay. So so I'm Tom DJ, top professional. Yeah, I'm Scott McGregor, talented amateur, and this is uh, yeah with. Umbrella Charm and Bowler, the Frighteners yep. episode. There we go. Got that out of the way. Got that. There we go. So the Frighteners. So we, we have the whole team for the first season because, you know, uh, Carol shows up for a little bit mm-hmm. with that weird ass haircut, but she wears it well. She's, she's yeah. a fine looking lady. So so what did you what did you think of the frighteners? Oh, I really liked this episode. I mean, just because mainly it was the first steed, but it it, it <laughs> yeah. was kind of I mean, it was funny. They all have, you know, it's it's obviously a different world than I ever grew up in. So, uh I I found it very hard to <laughs> not the least of which because I have a cold going on and I'm literally yeah. can't hear out of one ear right now, but I had a very hard problem um actually understanding a lot of the dialogue in the beginning um and not just because of british slang but just mostly they you know just the the cadence and um you know the faster more you know uh i guess blue collar accent uh in britain is is kind of unintelligible sometimes to us yanks um so yeah, but I mean, just the context of everything, I figured out what was going on, even if I wasn't understanding everything. Uh, so that that was cool, and um, as I said, we uh, we the steed stuff was good. I, I just found it kind of hilarious at one point. Uh, just one mental note my brain took was that he managed to somehow get Doctor Keel to do most of the dangerous stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> like super spy is like you know I'm gonna go you know just do the interrogation stuff. You actually go into the evil person's lair and threaten him with uh, a fake syringe with acid, syringe. And, um, which was great. I, Dr. Keel, you know, had some serious stones on him in this episode, yeah. and I, I thought it was well written for him, but it was just kind of funny that it's like, hey, you know, <laughs> you 
because you know steve clearly he even told him he's like well you know i'm bringing you along on this one just in case this guy gets hurt because it starts off right. that you know they're they're trying to prevent the first beating you know of this guy that's going to get roughed up and and they don't they're like tailing him the whole way um but they, they, he still gets beat up a touch, which, you know, we, we need a reason for the doctor to be there. So he has to get beat up a little bit. Um, and they also subdue a henchman. Right. Um, quite, quite well. And, and, and Steed and or the doctor gives him quite a good thrashing. The, the action was, you know, kind of confusingly shot. You couldn't really tell what well, was, was going on in the little brawl. Space. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was very cool just to see, as you said, Steed, you know, arrived on the scene just like you would expect. And he's got all his little moles and he's got people whispering in his ear the whole way as he's tracking this guy. That isn't there. Yeah, you know, the little uh, flower lady was the perfect. flower lady and the, 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 the sailor in the in the doorway and. Yeah, various like he, uh, you know bobbies and, and, and informants, yeah. and, and and still they didn't make it there on time exactly. So I thought that was a little funny too. But it's like your network needs to get a little tighter there, John. Uh, if you can actually try to prevent things and not just avenge things, but right. But it's all in the name, so we got to avenge things. Right. Um, so yeah, they they get the, the the beat up henchman and and the victim, you know, back. Uh, he can he basically demands to Dr. Keel, much to his chagrin, that they, they drag him back to his personal office. Right. <laughs> he's like, why do you want to uh, bring this stuff to my doorstep? And he's like, I, I just, because I'm Steed, because I got to. Right. Um, it's in the script, man. And right. of, your set's already built. So, I mean. Right. <laughs> I, I don't think we even see Steed's apartment until deep into the second season. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. Um and you know we we get our interrogation scene where where Steed's going to do uh, gentle psychology on the henchman to find out some stuff, and and meanwhile Doctor Keel's going to see if our our other guy Mr. Willoughby Willoughby is his name I think yeah um, Willoughby Goddard Willoughby yeah which um, is confusing because of course the deacon is played uh, oh okay no that's what I just read I'm like Willoughby Goddard. Goddard yeah yeah no. <laughs> Character of Jeremy, Jeremy. Willoughby is played by Philip Gilbert. Yeah. This is his only appearance in the Avengers. Yeah. So you know th- that that all seems to be going on as you'd expect. You know, it, it looks like a cut and dried. You know, uh, all extortion. Daddy, well, not extortion, but Daddy wants him beat up, so we'll stay away from. You know, his daughter. And, and then after, uh, well, uh, Willoughby escapes, and and uh, Steed basically threatens to. Um, Torture the, the henchman. Although Steed is not the, <laughs> I, I, I just thought this was. A, I literally just watched this, so this is like yeah. fresh in my head, um, and I loved it because it was just like at one point Steed's talking to Keel, and he's like, eh, "I know I'm kind of tramping on your your medical ethics and everything." And then, as I said, he he leaves Steed to take care of kind of the really messy work, or he leaves Keel to to you know deal with the the, the henchman and the messy work. Yeah. And Keel ends up being the cold bastard in this one that essentially tries to, you know, he, he convinces tricks, the henchman tricks. that his neck is broken. That yeah. if he tries to escape, he's going to die. And I have to get you to a hospital, but you're going to take me where I need to go first. And I'm just like, whoa, <laughs> cold, doctor, cold. <laughs> And, and we at home can assume his neck is probably not really broken. No. He's just a dumb henchman, and he believed it. Right. Um, and, and before they depart, he, we see him fill a syringe full of, um, you know, 
witch hazel uh, witch hazel which he later tries to convince deacon is is hydrochloric acid and does convincingly not the first time he's done that in the no, show i thought that was he, way, I think this is like the second clever. or third time that's like if you're gonna have a doctor you know uh lead character like that and he's got to go do stuff like that that's the way to do it you know you got to do something medical you can't just have another gun it's got to be something clever like that so we're, we're gonna just we'll give steed a pass and say that he just saw yeah. the doctor's potential and um because that could have gone very badly for him if if, yeah. if deacon didn't buy the whole Although, syringe thing there is that scene where, where steed goes you know you weren't supposed to do that yeah Wink, wink. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, okay. No, this worked out exactly as you planned, man. <laughs> but so meanwhile, Steed is off uh, doing a little snoop work on, on the victim because he senses, uh, it's like, well, you know what? This this probably isn't just about a girl. Right. So uh, we're going to go check this guy out a little bit, too. And we get seen, some scene, with, we, we, get, we got our music checked off uh, on the yeah. checklist this week. Um, no champagne, but plenty of other booze. Oh, yes. Lots of brandy. Lots of brandy. Lots uh, of brandy. And, and gin. Yeah. And, and, uh, and flowers and eccentrics. Yeah. Um, and we get uh, Willoughby going back to his, his loft or whatever and, and meeting up with a guy who's playing guitar. And um, in another Just world, talks. I think they're probably secret lovers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're not going to see that on 60s no. TV, probably. Uh, and uh, th- they start talking about um, some shady stuff that Mr. Willoughby's in, and uh, yeah. you know, and then Mr. Willoughby's basically wants to hire some frighteners to go talk to the guy who hired frighteners on him, uh, in a way. And when we find out he's been in some debt, and he's pretty much a professional gigolo. Did I not yeah. kind of get that right? <laughs> yeah, it seems that way because he. Don't worry, it'll take about six months, but I'm going to get all that money. Yeah, yeah. And, but, there, um, and there's something about he's he's like he's got her on the hook, but there's some kind of mysterious case going on, so he can't like exactly marry her before the case is is resolved. I was a well, little confused on that. The, there's also the fact that that her father, Sir, um, what is his name, Sir Thomas, Thomas Weller, Weller, played yeah. by the great Stratford Johns. Yeah. He's something of of uh, British television and cinema royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, doesn't want to pay the deacon, right? And the deacon don't like that. No, so he, he so goes the deacon's and... going to send his frighteners to frighten Sir Thomas. But not after you know, not before going and drinking a lot of his brandy, though. Yeah, anyway, of course, because talking to him himself, yeah. <laughs> eventually. I don't know who came up. No, I, th- I think it's 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 Kiel comes up with the plan on how to sort this all out. Right. Yeah, and it's actually it, 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 I did not see it coming at all. It kind of no. came out of nowhere, and it was like. Um, and long story short, they eventually kind of get uh, they they get Willoughby and and the girl together under the uh, you know um, deception of you know basically taking them away from all this and letting them elope. Scotland to elope, yeah. Yeah. And away from, you know, Press's father and, and angry henchmen. And then they get them both in the room together, and then Steed and Keel, uh, you know, who have been doing some research on our boy here, uh, crack their master plan, and they basically get to him to admit, you know, what a, uh, <laughs> what a you know, gigolo he is, and he's just using and uh, 
the woman whose name I should know. Uh, um, she was Marilyn. Marilyn Weller. Okay, yep. And, um... Played by Dawn Beret. And, and they they bring in a wild card, who I thought was actually this guy's mother at first, but they, <laughs> they've brought in this woman who claims to be his mother, and she identifies... And he's like, I don't know this woman, you know, to, to his fiance and... Um, she says he's got a scar on her shoulder from, you know, yeah. an accident as a kid. And sure enough, uh, the shirt gets ripped off and the scar gets exposed. And, uh, Marilyn is, is, you know, obviously just distraught and is like, I don't know you get away from me. And that's all over. And, and then we suddenly find out, uh, that it's not really, uh, his mom. It's just a little actor that kills, yeah. <laughs> brought in who, who does For 10 this. pounds. And some gin. Yeah, it does deception for, for 10 guineas and some gin, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's somebody, you know, it wasn't even a Steed plant. It was, it was somebody yeah. Keel knew. But, but Steed was definitely Day. impressed. He, he loved it. Yeah. He was like, oh, but yeah, all right, I picked the right doctor for this job. Yeah. Well, she was played by the actress Doris Hare, who might be familiar to some people because she was one of the company, the, the company players in the Benny Hill show. Oh, okay. I thought she did look familiar. That That's an old one from my past, too, that I have to well, revisit someday. Is that when, as we go for, forward, we're going to see... Uh, we're going to see people who who are familiar because these guys just went from show to show. Yeah. Um, Stratford Johns, who I mentioned earlier, who Britain's plays... not really that big of a kingdom. I mean, so they have to yeah. kind of pass the actors around. Uh. <laughs> uh, Stratford Johns, who... Uh, uh, play. He's like notorious because I, you can you can see him in all sorts of stuff. He was in the Saint. He was in Black Adder. He was in. Oddly enough, he was in Doctor Who, uh, an episode, uh, a serial of Doctor Who, along with Philip Gilbert, the guy, not Philip, uh, Philip Locke, the guy mm. who played Moxton, the the main thug, the main massage yeah. expert. Um, they were they played villains in the uh, uh, Fifth Doctor serial Four to Doomsday, which is goofy. <laughs> it's a, a goofy show. But anyway, um, so, I mean, this... It's still far away from what you and I, when we were watching as kids, knew as the Avengers. Right, but it, it but it's it, getting close. Yeah, and and Steed had his umbrella. He, he basically badgered his way into the shop. He's a nice little. Uh, and Steed gets to you know give us an example of his multilingualism in this. He speaks yeah. a couple of different languages, um, and and badgers the shop owner into letting him in. Literally by just tapping his his umbrella on the door until he opens. He's just annoying enough that the umbrella of might you know makes him open the shop for him. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. He's uh, yeah, it was a good first episode, at least that we saw him. And he was smooth and funny, and ordering people around. And he's he's got his little little birds. Reminded me of uh, Varys from Game of Thrones. Right. There's not but a little. That he still has that. He already has that relaxed sort of non Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is just... Uh, down down cold. Yeah, which is key to the character. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot everything of the... is going according to plan. <laughs> yes. Um, a lot of these characters, a lot of these actors we are going to see again. 
Um, I, I think uh, Willoughby Gooder, who played the uh, the Deacon, will show up in the final episode, one of the final episodes of the series, Thingamajig. Okay. Which I have seen. Well, I've seen pretty much all of the, the, the episodes from here on out. Again, not as the Deacon, but probably as another no, no. villain. As another, ca- another character. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to get a recurring character until season four. Yeah. Oh, no, not, not true. Not true. Because we're going to, I think fairly soon we're going to be introduced to Steve's boss for the first, uh, for the second season. But then Philip Locke uh, returned in the episodes Mandrake and the Emma Peel episode, uh, from Venus with Love. I think that was one of the first color episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Stratford Johns returns in, oh, this one is painful. Legacy of Death. This is a, a last season episode. And it, I try to like it. I try, but it's it's painful to watch. <laughs> uh, maybe watching it again will be uh, less painful. Um, and Neil Wilson, who played Beppy, mm-hmm. the designated stereotype for this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he shows up in the Gilded Cage which is, I think, a black-and-white Emma Peel episode. And The Interrogators, which is the second episode to feature Christopher Lee, but has a different character from the first time he shows up. See, here um, he played something. He's the prison check-in officer in A Clockwork Orange, too. Yeah. <laughs> the, the person who, who might be the most familiar to... Uh, to people who are familiar with with like movies and stuff, might be the character actor Godfrey James, who played Nature Boy, one of the one of the thugs. Mm-hmm. He was in a oddly enough never a Hammer film, but a lot of films made by Amicus and um, Tygen, particularly the uh, the Land That Time Forgot series with with Doug McClure. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. And, it's one of my favorites. Uh, uh, he was in one of my the, the journey at the Earth's core, of course, featuring the yeah. the, the lovely, lovely Carolyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. He was in the Tripods TV series too. Yeah. Someone we mentioned last week was. And, uh, but, but perhaps for me, he's most recognizable as the father of Angel Blake in. The Blood on Satan's Claw, probably, probably the best film. Tiger, not, not. Oh, I stand corrected because Tiger had two films that are, are head and shoulders above everything else they produced. One was The Blood on Satan's Claw by Pierce Haggard, and the other was The Witchfinder General, known here in America sometimes as The Conqueror Worm. Yeah, I know prob- that one. I don't know the other one, unfortunately. Blood on Satan's Claw is great. It's yeah. a. Uh, um, Tygen. Tygen was kind of like the... I like to refer to them as the mentally challenged younger brother of Hammer. Because they did a lot of horror films, but they were goofy-ass horror films. Like, uh, there was one film where Peter Cushing's daughter turns is actually a blood-sucking were-moth. Okay. I'm not making this up, people. <laughs> but, um... It's a monster I never occurred, or I never encountered when I was playing D&D, but it sounds yeah, intriguing. Yeah, well, she, she was... Blood sucking werewolf. <laughs> so, um. No, I actually think I did see that recently on Comet TV. What was that called again? The name of that film was The Blood Beast Terror. 
that I think I just saw some of that recently, so that's okay. weird. <laughs> uh, but the Blood and Satan's Claw started out as an anthology film, a la Amicus, you know, uh, uh, Asylum, House of Drip Blood, mm-hmm. that whole cycle. But uh, halfway through shooting, Pierce Haggard was told, make it into a single narrative. We don't think that the anthology film is going to work. <laughs> Could have so, had to shift gears right in the middle of that. <laughs> he shifted gears, and it's a magnificently creepy, weird-ass film. Um, people who are are doctor are, are, are Whovians will get to see earlier early perform an early performance by Anthony Ainley, who plays the who's the second person to play the master. Okay. In the series, and uh, a later performance by Wendy Padbury, who plays the. Uh, um, plays one played one of the companions to the second Doctor Zoe, but it's 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 a creepy ass film. And part of the thing is because they were like there was originally three separate stories. There's this sense of just everything is wrong in this little village. Mm-hmm. Just everything is just just off. And um, it features uh, two actors who justifiably were top-billed. Patrick Weimark, who plays the judge, who's like the hero of the film, kind mm-hmm. of, I guess. And Linda Hayden, who is gorgeous. And she played Angel Blake, the main villain. Okay. And she, oh, she is, she was like very young at the time. I don't know how young, but she was, she is just preternaturally beautiful. <laughs> and and Blood and Satan's Claw is one of my favorite uh, of films of this particular era, I, I, I love the golden age of British horror to begin with, but, but that one's like a particular favorite. Yeah, I definitely oh. have to look that up. Between you and Honeywell, I I'm just astounded how many movies out there that I, I, you know, consider myself a cinephile. But I there's just yeah. vast libraries of crap out there I've never seen. Oh, has he told you? Did he tell you about Thriller or Cruel Picture yet? I don't know. He's he's talked about a couple of things you guys are doing over on the experiment. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, uh, uh, we just recorded an episode about a Swedish film called Thriller: A Cruel Picture, and it is a brutal, brutal, brutal watch. Mm-hmm. But anyway, no. Getting back, getting back to the the London of the Avengers. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing that struck me about this is we yeah. got a lot of nice little scenes of just kind of like Segway London street life stuff that I thought was really right. neat. You know, just little quick, you know, stock footage scenes probably, you know, that they just threw in there to, to kind of set the set the yeah. scene. And, We're still at the point in the series where it has some grounding in reality, so to speak. Yeah. By the time we get to the Emma Peel stuff, it's it's so detached. And we'll discuss that. I mean, uh, Clemens and Fennel made very conscious decisions to kind of give a subtle clue that this was just a fairy tale. Uh-huh. Um, but this is this is still the Avengers has a, a basically like a police procedural, even though we still don't know quite what Steed is doing. Right, right. All, all we know is he has that quote, the line about, well, I don't get a pension or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it starts out like he's he's basically he's almost like an inspector himself, and he's on, on the yeah. trail of this, you know, this extortion, these, you know, frightener contractors who go right. beat up people for, for money. 
even gives us like the rundown of what they charge and everything at one point. He's just doing exposition to Dr. Keel. Um, oh, so the, yeah, that was kind of neat. And he's got, you know, uh, anonymous police inspectors in trench coats at his beck and call throughout the entire yeah. episode. <laughs> they just, I was poof. wondering if those were the same, the same, uh, police officers that were in a girl on the trapeze i don't think they were i don't think so i i don't know i mean it doesn't even like even refer to them as like service at one point or something yeah. like this he's like service and they walk in and and do their police intimidation stuff and start taking people away and it's like oh but yeah uh, steeds in control you know is that i yeah. I, I questioned is his decision making at first when he basically sent the doctor off on the more dangerous assignment, but he was he was working his own angle, and he knew but things would turn out okay. That, that it still seems to be David Yield's show. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I've only got to see him in you know yeah. two other episodes at this point, but um, yeah, I really really liked his work in this one. You said he's pretty much done after this, right? Or... <laughs> Ingrid Hafner, who plays who played Carol, uh-huh. I'll leave. Hendry to do films and a lot, a lot of alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know what I don't know what happened to Ingrid Hafner. Actually, let me take a look. Um, but yeah, starting with uh, the, the next one, we are going to be introduced to a very, you know, through a very unusual way to uh, Kathy Gale. Mm-hmm. Ingrid Hafner. Now, what did she do after? She worked till up about. Well, it says she's got credits to 1989. So yeah, just a lot of TV, mostly. Yeah. So, BBC so, Play of the Week. You know, so working actress, working British accent. Yeah. Uh, odd, you know, Third Man TV series. All sorts of all sorts of stuff here. It's apparently a Robin Hood TV series in 1984 yep. I didn't know about either. <laughs> Bibles of Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, she's just does a working, which is fine, you know. I yeah. mean, I, I think the, the thing that most people don't realize is that the television acting requires a different set of cell, skills than film acting. Oh, totally. It's arguably harder. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Especially something like this, which this one, I'm assuming, was also basically broadcast live, right? Yes. Yeah, because you could tell the first scene, there's there's this really bad camera bobble at one point. Um, well, I think you can see uh, um, a boom mic at one point. I missed that one, but, the, but the, like literally the first couple seconds, there's just the camera just goes, you know, wobbles from yeah. side to side for a second. <laughs> like he had hit the shelf he was trying to film around. Um, but that was funny. <laughs> I've done live stage work, man. It, it's yeah, you know not so pretty. It takes like I don't know. It's it's a supernatural form of concentration that somehow happens to you when you do that, or it doesn't, and then you fail horribly. But there's no middle ground at all. You either do it or you don't. <laughs> so let's let's go through our our checklist. Uh, we did have fights. Yeah, definitely. Couple couple neat ones. Um, although, although most of most of the uh action was moved by subterfuge. Yeah. Um like as we said, lots of brandy. 
Lots of brandy, no champagne, and a little bit of gin. Yeah. yeah, more than we were supposed to drink. Even <laughs> he, I think the deacon drinks more than he was he was allowed to drink. At, right. At, at, yeah. Because he pours a second glass. Yeah, he's like, you can have one glass, and he's like, oh, brandy should never be drinking drank in haste, and then he yeah. just sucks that right down, and just goes up for another. He's like, get out of here, get out of here. I'm, like, I'm drinking your your booze, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, Deal with it. The funny thing is, is that I didn't recognize Stratford Johns. I've seen Stratford Johns in everything. I did not recognize him as Sir Thomas Weller mm-hmm. initially. Uh, but I guess, yeah, that's part of being an actor is just being kind of different from time to time. Kinkiness factor, I don't think we really have much there no. other than uh, uh, Willoughby and his uh, guitar playing friend. But, yes, you know I'm not a kink judge, so I don't care yeah. what you do with a guitar and your boyfriend. Um, <laughs> strangeness, uh, I, I'd put strangeness well, course, with our eccentrics. Yeah, yeah. Um, Operating out of that out of that shop, we yeah. have uh, the room is in, entirely too small for the man as a secret lair. Yeah. Uh, he's just huge, and he's in this little yes. shoebox of a you know. Come on, man, up up your super villainy here. You know, yeah. something bigger than that. <laughs> um, we also have, of course, I, I would call, consider Mrs. Briggs something of an eccentric. Was that the the woman who played the mother at the? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. And and the flower woman that wasn't the same woman, yeah. was it? Um, I do not know. No, it couldn't have been because that was somebody Steed knew, but yeah. but Keel didn't. So yeah, but the flower woman was one of Steed's crazy little informants. Yeah. Um. You know, who's just babbling away about stuff, and she even like babbles. Uh, Ellen Starling played the, the flower serum. Okay. Sixties um, concerns. I don't know, other than uh, apparently gigolos and frighteners yeah. are very big in that era. Uh, in our medical subplot, got a couple of good examinations in there, and mm-hmm. and some some medical extortion. Uh, <laughs> and misdirection. But. Well, we're going to see the medical sum p- plots kind of fade away. <laughs> you know, Dr. Keel's going, yes. but yes. Just, Although we will be introduced sometime soon to Dr. King. Okay. Because there were some episodes that they had already written for season two that had such a heavy medical thing that they couldn't, they just, they just crossed out Keel and put in King. Right, yeah, you were telling me that, like in our first episode. Yep. So, oh, like I said, I mean, it's, it's the evolution has started. Yeah. The evolution towards the weird and wonderful world most people associate with the Avengers has started, and uh, it will get weirder next next time because we we start the second season. Yep. With the, I'm pretty sure the first. Let me, let me just double check because I'm pretty sure the first episode we are going to be watching that we're going to be watching next month the second season is the famous mm, Mr. Mr. Teddy, Teddy Bear. Bear yep okay I'm just I'm just double checking that that is in fact yeah I got it right here uh, 110 is convinced that a man is murdered while being interviewed on a live television show was the victim of a hired killer called Mr. Teddy Mr. Bear, Teddy Bear. He concocts a plot to trap him using John Steed as bait and Kathy Gale as the woman who wants to hire an assassin to murder him. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, well, I guess you're going to see, we'll talk a lot about how they develop Kathy Gale um, 
in the uh, in the episode because there there are some changes that are made throughout mm -hmm. the during the interim between the first season and the second season. So, uh, um, it's it's pretty damn cool. No, fully enjoyed this one. Uh, well, we didn't really have any scenes in nightclubs or where well, you had the, the guitar playing was our only yeah. songs. Um, but I really enjoyed this. Um, Look at lots of, of nightclubs in season two. I, I can't express like how much I'm enjoying with as much serialized television yeah. as I watch these days. It is just like so awesome to be watching something that's self-contained every hour. <laughs> that I don't have to think about too long after, you know, or more accurately, I don't have to think about too much before I watch the next one. I don't have to sit through yeah. a previously on on any of these episodes, and it's it's just great. It's just yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm not watching much television at all these days. <laughs> Basically, I, I, I'm yes, you are. With... I've seen your rant on Facebook. You're watching too much television, young man. Nah, <laughs> nah I. I... I am watching the CW shows. I'm kind of grateful Arrow is going away next <laughs> season, next year because I think they kind of played out their, uh, their their string with that one. Yeah, eight years, man. That, that's a good run, and, and they made yeah. some quality TV, so they got nothing to be ashamed of, and, and they're going out on their own terms, I think, which is yeah. which is nice. I watched Stephen and Mel, Mel's like, announcement video, and he had me broken up a little bit, I have to admit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh but um but then they gotta make room for bat batwoman she's yeah. coming so it's um, just crazy that we're getting a batwoman tv yes, show I and i am watch still watching the doom patrol mm -hmm. which um you will hear more about on the new podcast thomas dj's watching which yeah i'll be listening to that because I'm, I'm enjoying it but it's it's yeah. <laughs> well, it's like I've said. Look, it's like I've said. Uh, maybe I shouldn't watch listen to your show because you might convince me not to like it. I'm, I'm like, well, no, no, no. Do Patrol Virgin listening, watching this? Yeah. So I'm enjoying there it. There are. But, well, did, yeah. did did you did you catch the the animal vegetable man mineral man? Uh, I think I'm about a third of the way through episode five, oh. so maybe not. Okay, yeah. no, no. You 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 did you did Pat. It was in episode three. Oh, okay. He was the he was the, the the geeky guy who got turned into that weird amalgam. Oh, why don't I remember that now? Huh. Okay, but uh, um, I'm kind of hoping at this point, though, since you know uh, it is a Berlanti produced show, I am sort of hoping that they find some way to bring the Doom Patrol into Crisis on Infinite Earths next year. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, it's over. I just want to. It's see almost how like, why you wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just throw them all in the same pot for that one? Well, um, the thing yeah. I think would be funny would be, of course, while he's on Earth One, Cliff won't be able to curse. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah every time he opens his mouth, there's a string of bleeps. Yeah. Uh, and nobody can understand why. It's like, what is happening to you? You know, you say, I don't know. <laughs> but. You know, there, there are problems with the show, and I, I acknowledge that I'm kind of critical of the show a lot because, as I've been saying to people these days, Doom Patrol was my X-Men. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but when they get it, things right. They get it right spectacularly. I'm just enjoying the goofy ride myself. It's just bizarro, and I love bizarro, so. You know, 
know. Um, oh, the second. Although you you said your episode five. Yeah. The second half of episode four, where they're being besieged by the Dry Bachelors. Yeah, yeah. And, and the character of, of, of Willoughby Kipling, even though oh, he wasn't as fat in the comics, that, that is all pure Morrison. That yeah. is a that's most of that storyline is a direct lift from the from the Morrison case. Yeah, I didn't like him that much. I figured, like, it, as I said on Facebook, I think he was like a dime store Constantine, but. Well, the thing is, is that they were both made around the same time. Yeah. So I don't know if they were, if Morrison was commenting. Uh, I, I did once, many, many years ago, pitch a, a um, pitch a series, a miniseries to DC, which was called Trinity. And the idea, it was John Constantine Willoughby Kipling and uh, the, uh, I forget what his first name was, but his last name was Rasputin. Who oh. was a character that John Ostrander had created in uh, Firestorm, who also was kind of like a mystic. Oh, okay. Nice. So, but, uh, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. I should I should mention, I have found my copies of the Steed and the John Steed and Mrs. Peel miniseries. Oh, okay. I forgot to get those out to you. I apologize. By, <laughs> oh, 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 I have them. Go. Oh. By, by Morrison, and so maybe some someday down the road we will we will uh, we'll, we'll cover those. Definitely. Uh, unfortunately, I do no longer have the the the, the paperbacks, the, the the paperback original novels based on the adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had like I think I had like five of them too. There were, there were like fourteen, and I think I had five of them. Most of them from the Emma Peel. I'm betting I'll uh, run into some on the garage sale trail with Honeywell one of these days. We find all kinds of amazing books. Too many freaking books. If I find them, I'm just going to send them to you because I'm not allowed to have more books. (laughs) Right. Well, I think that, for uh, for example, I think that those those old 60s paperbacks of the the James Bond novels just breed. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, if you have two of them on your shelf, they'll just make more. Yeah. Um, and but my, my my proudest purchase was I found a first edition of the Destroyer, created the Destroyer oh, number uh, one. Remo Williams. Man? Yes. Yeah. The Remo Williams. Uh, the f- uh, first printing of that of that novel. Nice. It hmm. even had. You remember? I mean, you're of the of the age where you probably remember this. That some paperback books would have like a cigarette advertisement in the middle. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've got probably some right now. And said I've I've got a book problem. Whenever we yeah. go to these garage sales, I just oh twenty five cents. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Hey bargain! <laughs> hey bargain for me. Yeah. Well, I used to do that, but then. Uh, but then I remember as a young a young one picking up a, a Tom Pendleton book for like twenty five cents and not liking it at all. Mm-hmm. So there you go. So there we go. So this is now we've seen all that we can see of season one, as little as it is. What do you think of season one? I said how much you know it's it went so quickly. I yeah. <laughs> only, we only have. Two and a half half episodes. (laughs) So it was, you know, it was a nice, easy ride. Um, But yeah, I I told you, man, I'm all in. I've enjoyed uh, watching all three of them, and it's just uh, something that's not, I don't watch a lot 
um, in any of my current viewing. So I, I should be dragging my girlfriend into this world too and, and making her do it with me. She would probably enjoy it. Um, but uh, yeah, looking forward to more Steed definitely because he made a really great uh, first uh, first episode for us yeah. in this one, and um, it just reminded me like how just it, it, Patrick Mini is just one of those actors anyway that he just can't do anything bad with. You know, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter if he's playing a weird god thing on Battlestar Galactica. He's mm. great. He's just Patrick McNee. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, the, the, the I mean, he was like a, an unofficial producer on the show. He, mm -hmm. he had a very big say. In yeah. It. So yeah. that's one of the reasons why after season two. That's why he's going to get all his, the best laughs and all the best women and all the best clothes yeah, well, to wear. <laughs> his partners are all going to be kick-ass women because yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he, he had great respect for women even back yeah. in 1962 where before the revolution. Um, oh, so I, and, I, I was a fan of Emma Peel before I even knew what the Black Widow was. So, you know, yeah. there you go. Well, the Black, yeah. <laughs> I can't I've see Black seen... Widow without thinking of Emma Peel. So. Yeah, well, of course, <laughs> because John, uh, John Romita Jr. Uh, patterned the, uh, the, the revamped Natasha Romanoff uh -huh. after explicitly made her to look like I'm appeal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's no question. <laughs> you know, um, in fact, I, I, I've read some people are like saying that, that they should consider that issue of Spider-Man where she first appears in the new outfit. Right. In the black leather outfit as the true first appearance of Black Widow. Yeah. But, um, so Tunnel Fear is the one episode we do not have access to that, that is available. Mm -hmm. uh, I will. I will try to look for it, and if we do, if we do get access to it, we'll go back and and look at it. But in case you're wondering, it is about uh, top secret documents are disappearing, and Steve trails them to a tawdry fairground in South End. He's Excellent. captured, hypnotized, and left bound in a train tunnel to await his fate. <laughs> so, so we get we had a circus. It's someone tied a, to a train, a, yeah. A, yeah, someone tied to a train. Yes, yeah, so at, at next week, next uh, next month, Mr. Teddy Bear, people. And here's where things start getting even weirder. Excellent. And we'll, we'll, learn, we'll learn all about Kathy Gale, Dr. King, and uh, the one everybody forgets, Venus Smith. And we should do a little housekeeping. We actually do have an email uh, from oh, a listener, okay. so that's awesome. After our one oh, little... Yes, that's right. Okay, yeah. let me... Let me go into my with umbrella charm and bowler. Uh, oh, I've got it right here. So if you'll allow okay. me, I'll read it. It's a very short one. Um, you right. can email us, though. I'll remind people at uh, cheapscottproductions at gmail.com. And this was from Carrie Smith. Great show. I'm so excited to have an Avengers watch along. Looking forward to going through the episodes with you all. Nice and we're, short and we're glad sweet. you're on the journey. Yes. Thank you very much, Carrie. I, I admit that I did not expect our first email to be from a woman, but I'm very welcome to have you. <laughs> well, the Avengers is a very pro woman, as we're going to oh, see. Yeah. yeah. As we I, go, go further. It's, I mean, even the last season, which is. Tara King is, shall we say, a questionable character. But, 
but she still has a great deal of her of purchase of her own you know controls her own destiny and it's I think Linda Force gets kind of uh, a bad shrift mm-hmm. uh, even though like I said, a lot of those episodes are rough um, but yeah so it wouldn't surprise me that that this is that maybe the women's will be finding us yeah, hey, uh, that's awesome. Well, you're a more prominent. Uh, I guess I meant just the genre of podcasting in general. Yeah. Uh, I, I dare say that women aren't our biggest demographic. Um, at least not for my podcast. You're much more prominent and even the. Uh, yeah. Well, also I, I, I'm distributed a demographic thing. than I am. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just because I'm so suave. Yes. Well, you've learned from <laughs> you learned from the master, Mr. John Steed. But, so. Yes, but Scott, speaking of your other podcasts, ah, uh, well, uh, unfortunately, none of them are currently active. Um, but I do a weekly heroics thing, which we don't do weekly anymore. So ignore that first part of the name. But uh, okay. it's originally called Weekly Heroics: The Two True Freaks Guide to Heroes on TV, and we we the last thing I think we covered was uh, the Glass movie. Um, we're right. going to be starting up Fear the Walking Dead cast again. We we do two shows a season or a half season for that. We do the okay. the mid season and the mid season it are the uh, the finale, and we cover Fear the Walking Dead too. But, um, and occasionally we do some other five minute freak stuff with Mister Honeywell. Right. We do Garage Sale. Garage Sale Gloat is actually the one I should be plugging because that okay. will be coming up very soon. And me and Mister Honeywell. Go out and about and buy lots of nerd stuff and try to sell it on eBay, or we just talk about it and it takes up space in our storerooms mostly. But right. we find some cool stuff out there. But and, you never know who's going to want a giant ape statue, right? You know, um, yeah, I just I love doing that show, and it's it's. I said that's where my book problem is really taking off, and I need to get a handle on that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of of Mr. Honeywell. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, the first of the month you get to, you get to bask in me torturing him <laughs> as part of the Honeywell experiment with my, uh, lovely silent assistant, Virginia. He's a masochist. And, he secretly likes it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm trying to think this one is going to come out next month. This is a, this is April's. This episode is April's episode, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Which means that the episode that that is going to be current, as of as of this being released, will be the episode covering the first of the famous Milan trilogy of Italian crime thrillers, uh, starring uh, the most unlikely action hero ever, Mr. Mario or- Adorf. And um, that's like I said, the first of the month. So that should be there. That should be available on the Two True Freaks website. Also available on the Two True Freaks website uh, will be uh, starting April fifteenth. Uh, Thomas DJ's watching, which is which is my television uh, sh- show show where I will look at runs of some TV series episode by, by episode. The first episode well, like I said, will be available on the 15th. We are going to be covering the Doom Patrol because people seem to have interest in me 
commenting on it being <laughs> such a, a Doom Patrol, uh, you know, I don't know what you would call it, but having such knowledge of the of the property, yeah. um, I'm, I'm hoping to have guests, and Scott, you are welcome to come I on for one episode. Definitely badgering my way onto that one occasionally, yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and if you wanted to, to hear Thomas DJ's watching even earlier, you can, you know, contribute to my Patreon page because it will be exclusive to the Patreon for two weeks. Nice. So, um, and there are other goodies that are going to be available. And, uh, of course, also I, I show up every once in a while on um, on Dread Media. I don't know what we're going to talk about next, though, what Des and I have in the review hopper. But we review all sorts of stuff there. Nice. So, so yeah. So, and that one is available on Earth2.net. That, that, that's like, I, I guess that's like uh, my, my mistress at this point <laughs> earth2.net is my mistress and you know two true freaks is is, is, is my wife i guess <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know i hope i hope but um so yeah more so, like a swinger commune here on yeah. two true freaks actually <laughs> it gets kind of weird uh but there's plenty of crazy swingers to, to check out on this network so i hope y'all will because there's some very talented people on this network um, and we're glad to have Mr. Deja here, DJ here. Well, um, I think that uh, we've got a couple of special guests coming up on the Two True Fix Network. Also, I think yeah. that I, I, if I'm not mistaken, over at Back to the Bins, our good friend Paul Spataro is going to be sitting down with Fred Hembeck at some point. Oh, nice! Yeah. Yeah, I need and, to be more proactive. I, I got one celebrity on one of my podcasts once, and I, I should work harder to get more. <laughs> well, we've, I, and we've also got uh, we've also got our, our second special guest supervillain for the Honeywell Experiment booked, and he's from your area, Scott. Oh, really? Hmm. Yes, he, his specialty is slime. Okay. <laughs> and, to be on for two two episodes but that's not good that's probably going to come out at the beginning of the summer hmm intrigued. so, so it'll be the summer of slime over at the Honeywell experiment all right looking forward to all of it all right. just so just so you know I just want to I just want to shout out has of this writing tomorrow is National Bavarian Crepes Day so National Scott, Bavarian Crepes Day yes it's also National Goof Off Day okay, but that's like every day for me uh, <laughs> right, but uh, uh, we'll make sure to have some crepes and goof off. Um, definitely. Off, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, so everybody, actually, guys, we need a sign off. We do of some kind. Yeah, we I need mean, a sign off that is that is pertinent to this admittedly highly specific podcast. <laughs> So maybe we should have a contest. I agree. Um, I'm not sure what we would give as a prize, but well, we'll, we'll figure that out. Notoriety. I will, I, I will think. I will think on this. How about we can we can have we can have somebody on the show? That would be awesome. Yeah. How about that? Okay. So here's the deal. Send to the previously mentioned Scott uh, Productions at gmail.com. What he said. Yeah. Uh, Send your ideas for what Scott and I can use as a sign-off 
four with Umbrella Charm and Bowler. And the winner will get to sit in with us on one episode of their choice. Asking me to do a British accent is probably not a good idea, so let's avoid no. that. Well, that's why we've got Andy. Right, right yeah. We'll, we'll hire him again. We should, we should shout. I don't know if we mentioned him in the last two episodes, but I think, I think we definitely need to mention him now. Yeah, very uh, much so. Uh, uh, the, the gentleman who does our introduction is the great Andrew Leyland, uh, presently of the Palace of Glittering Delights. Is that, that the name of the program? Yes, yes. And the legendary Hey Kids Comics. Hey Kids Comics, known yeah. far and wide. So, Both yeah. available on the Two True Freaks Network. And thank you very much, Andrew, for being our uh, lead-in. Because when, when we started talking about this, Scott and I, I had a picture in my head of basically Andrew doing a typical Hey Kids Comics intro. Right, and yeah, he nailed it. I, I didn't even yeah. have to cut that at all. I mean, what he recorded to us is for us is what you hear, you yes. know, just over the music. It was perfect. So there's another podcast of joy you can find on the Two Truths. He's just genuinely a great guy. I've recorded with him a couple times, and he's just fun as hell to, to record with him. I remember the to. first time I recorded with him was on an episode of two, of Who True Freaks. Uh-huh. There, there's a, a, a deep cut for you. <laughs> And I got so excited because, because I had listened to Hey Kids comics for for so long. I just went, Leyland. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he made my he like literally uh, fulfilled one of my podcast dreams, and he let me on a couple episodes of his Firefly podcast. So I was okay. like, yes. <laughs> if you want to keep up, also by the way, on these various podcasts. Uh, do check in at DJ's Domicile at Dread.blogspot.com because I do update every time a new episode comes out complete with the link to where you can download it so until next time I guess uh, insert witty outro here that you are going to choose bye now (laughs) be seeing you visit our website at twotruefreaks.com two true freaks is always spelled t-w-o t-r-u-e f-r-e-a-k-s Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True Freaks. Freaks.